What is up and welcome in to a very, very positive, upbeat, happy edition of Post Loons following Minnesota United's 2-0 home win in front of a full crowd at Allianz Field taking down Austin FC. What's up? Jeremy Rushing here. I'm riding solo this week. No co-host. Obviously, 19000 at Allianz doesn't leave too many options to co-host a uh, post-game show. Uh, you know, not too many sober options for uh, co-hosting a post-game show this time around. Totally get it. Totally understand it. Me, I'm in my basement. And so we're going to do the post-game show. And thank you so much to everybody who's tuning in. Since I have no co-host this week, you guys are going to be my co-host. So I need questions. I need comments. I need Wonderwall lyrics. I need any overall observations, takes that you have on tonight's match. Please send them into the chat, whether you're watching on Periscope, Twitter, or whether you're watching on YouTube, send in those questions, those comments, those overall uh, kind of feedback points on the match. Obviously, uh, Dave Valensky says, crack up Wonderwall. Absolutely 100%. Love to hear Wonderwall in front of the full capacity crowd at Allianz Field for tonight's match. And uh, it, it was it was awesome getting to hear the Wonderwall in full voice, not only during the match, but then being able to sing after the match in full voice as well. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful side at Allianz Field in front of 19,000 tonight. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please leave us a thumbs up. Please tap that bell for notifications and please send in a question or comment regarding tonight's win. Um, we're going to kick things off, though, with some of the pregame questions that we had leading into this match, obviously um, heading in to uh, to the first home match in front of a full house, in front of a full crowd. Uh, you kind of have some pregame, uh, you know, things that are on your mind. So here's what was on my mind heading into the match tonight. Will the full capacity crowd and full force Wonderwall help make Allianz a fortress once again? Because Allianz Field, if Minnesota United are going to crawl back into title, into playoff contention, I should say, not even title contention, but playoff contention, Allianz Field is going to have to be the fortress that it was for Minnesota United in 2019 specifically. And um, I think we saw that play out tonight. I think the crowd did play a factor. The Loons came out firing like they were shot out of a cannon. Getting those two early goals was huge to sort of solidifying that match and being able to uh, kind of play that defensive soccer that they do like to play um, and uh, come out with that 2-0 win. So I think the crowd played a huge factor, and they will have to do so moving forward if Minnesota United is going to, uh, you know, again, crawl themselves back into playoff contention only like two points back of playoff contention right now, I believe. So are in, in, in playoff standing, I should say. Uh, that win is huge for them in terms of getting themselves kind of within that striking distance despite that slow start. Um, and obviously... Having 19,000 at Wonderwall time and time again is going to play a huge factor on whether or not they actually stay in contention and crawl themselves back into maybe uh, a playoff seed. My second question tonight heading into the match was, can Emmanuel Reynoso fit in and bring even more quality to that attacking third we saw do so well against Dallas? If you remember, against Dallas, there seemed to be this immediate gelling, immediate cohesion between Franco Fragapane, Adrian Hunu, and Nico Hansen. Three guys that we did not see in the front line at all in the beginning part of the season, right? Nico Hansen was hurt, and who knew? And uh, Fragapane are the two newest additions for Minnesota United. Um, and those three played really well up front in the 4 3 3. 
So bringing back Emmanuel Reynoso tonight as the 10 in the 4-2-3-1, he's going to be right there with those. He was going to be right there with those three. So my biggest question was, how does he fit in? Obviously, he's Minnesota United's best offensive player. But from a pure cohesion and gelling standpoint, how was he going to play with those three that did so well together against Dallas? And I think we saw that. I think I think he fit right in, right? I think he did extremely well as the 10 with those three up front that play so well together. And we saw that happen on the scoreline, a crooked number for Minnesota United. Um, and obviously that uh, that quality front line that they now have uh, is a huge reason, huge reason for that. Um, and then my third question was Hassani Dotson at the six, Trap at the eight. Who plays forward? Who drops back? Um, Hassani Dotson, while he did find himself in some attacking sequences tonight, um, he really played a true number six in the fact that he was really helping more on the defensive side. And we saw when, uh, when Roman Metinair came off the match late in the match, hopefully he's okay, um, that Hassani Dotson fell back into that right back role. So true number six role for Hassani Dotson allows Will Trapp to play more of his game, right? Will Trapp really likes to get forward more than Dotson does, than Alonzo does. Um, and so being in that number eight, uh, he's able to play forward more. Now we saw against Dallas that when Will Trapp plays the six, that he is able to, he's capable of playing that Aussie-like six role, right, where he's dropping back and helping in defense. Uh, but being at the eight kind of allows him to play his more free-flowing central defensive midfield style. Um, so I think it worked well in, in both circumstances. Obviously, anytime you can get Hassani Dotson on the pitch uh, in a role like the six where he's super comfortable, you're going to see that pay dividends. And we saw that tonight, two no win, right? So those are my three game, my pregame questions, my kind of three main pregame questions. So now we're going to get in to three things. What were some of the three main takeaways from tonight's match? Um, the the two nil win. Um, the first one, kind of referenced this already in the pregame questions, but Emmanuel Reynoso fitting right into that attacking third with Hunu, with Fragapane, with Nico Hansen. That was huge and will continue to be huge when you get Robin Lode back. Right. Um, I think as well as Nico Hansen played, I think, unfortunately, he's kind of that odd man out. Right. Where Robin Lowe is going to play that right wing. Uh, but with how Nico Hansen has played, that really does give me uh, it, it makes me really uh, trust the depth even more. Right. That Robin Lowe is going to start in that right wing spot. But Nico Hansen has showed he is a quality piece. And so being that kind of second string that 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 depth option right behind Lude or he can play on the left wing if Fragapani needs to come out um that is huge for Minnesota United in the attacking third to have those options so um really been pleased with the play of everybody up up front so far especially specifically over these last two matches um my second of my three things big clean sheet at home clean sheets at home will if you can continue to do that you will see that pay dividends in where you end up in the table, right? If you can keep a team scoreless when you're on your home pitch with the crowd screaming and kind of everything going your way, that is going to help you a ton, especially when you're a team like Minnesota United who has started out behind the eight ball. They did have an 0-4 start. They are unbeaten since then, but it still leaves a, a, a lot of a uh, hole to try to dig out of, right? And so clean sheets at home, will help you crawl in back into that playoff contention like we talked about. And so they will need to do that. But that was huge tonight for them to get that. And then my third th third of my three things, I mean, what else? Wonderwall in front of a full house. Five-game unbeaten streak for Minnesota United after the 0-4 start. 
this team has responded. And this team, when Jan Gregus comes back and Robin Lode comes back, is going to be at absolute full strength. And when you look at this roster, with the additions of Unu, with the addition of Fragapane, with Loden Gregus back in the lineup, with Nico Hansen playing the way he's, he's played, I mean, wow. This roster is built to win an MLS Cup. Let's just let's just say how it is. This roster is built to win an MLS Cup. The 0-4 start does not help you at all in that in that case, right? It really puts you behind the eight ball. But you have to believe if Minnesota United can crawl their way back and get into the playoffs, doesn't matter the seed, doesn't matter whether they're on home or on the road, if they can get into the playoffs and get themselves in a position where they can play for or play to get in a position to win MLS Cup that you trust this roster top to bottom, barring any injuries or things like that, that this roster can get you there if they can get in. This team, when they get the international pieces back, will be loaded, absolutely loaded. And I think that um, Minnesota United fans should be really excited for what the rest of the season holds. Um, And I think what we have seen over these last two matches is just kind of a, a glimpse of what the rest of the season could be for the Loons. Again, if you're just now tuning in, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and leave us a uh, thumbs up on the stream. That would be awesome. If you are heading into uh, Twitter or YouTube, please leave a comment or question on the stream. Yes, no co-host on Post Loons this week. I'm rolling solo, so I will need those comments and those questions. Um, Eli Hoff, good friend of the Post Show, says, am I crazy for thinking Fragapani? could be the most important player in the starting 11 by season's end. I think he's shown over the last couple matches, he might be the most important player in the starting 11 right now. His impact on the game, you start, okay, he gets a goal against FC Dallas. That's great. Opens his account right off the bat, takes the pressure off. But then to follow that up again with a gorgeous opening goal, kind of gets himself into the space needed for Metnir to find him, turns, gets his body behind the ball, great right-footed shot, upper part, up top shelf, right? That's a quality goal that we don't see too too much from Minnesota United. Their goals, especially this season, have been ugly up to this point, right? So to have a guy like Fragapane who you can trust to put the ball in the back of the net, if he can get his foot on the ball in a quality position, that's huge. Also, the assist. That cross on the corner was gorgeous and put right in the breadbasket for Adrian Hunu. Uh... Excellent, excellent work. Excellent interplay between those two new pieces. Obviously, they've been working with each other during the international break to sort of get on the same page. They are 100% on the same page. And then my 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 third reason I think Fragapani might be the most important piece for Minnesota United right now was the defensive work he did to snuff out an Austin chance. Tracking back and cutting off a pass that would have led to an A-plus goal-scoring opportunity. Like, I didn't even know that was him. I, and when Cal Williams said Fragapane, my mouth, my jaw almost hit the floor. This guy does everything. And, or he has done everything so far. And so the well-rounded nature of, uh, of his play so far from a goal-scoring standpoint, from an assisting standpoint, and from a defensive standpoint are all three. Just, it's huge to have a guy who can do all of that and do all of that well. And no matter what situation he's called upon, he can bring a ton of quality. Uh, Franco Fragapani through two matches. Again, it's a small sample size. But, I mean, it, it leaves you just kind of 
your mind goes to what could this guy possibly be for Minnesota United as we move forward. And so, Eli, you know, I don't disagree uh, that, you know, he could be the most important player by season end because he has shown to be the most important piece through these last two matches. Unbeaten in their last five, four points in their last two. Um, Franco Fragapani has been a huge, uh, huge contributor right away for Minnesota United. Um, so very, very uh, happy to see to see that. And obviously it's, it's, it's been crucial for this team trying to crawl back into playoff positioning and getting that win tonight. Uh, also got to let you know, we are presented here on Post Loons by our good, good friends over at Knight Street Soccer and Coffee. If you are in the Twin Cities and you are interested in soccer, whether you enjoy playing soccer, watching soccer, whatever, and you have not been to Knight Street Soccer and Coffee, I don't know what you are doing with your life. This place is fantastic. I talk about it all the time. Derek and the team over there are awesome. They have a coffee shop coming in July. They have a lot of great, exciting new stuff happening even after that as they move forward. So, you know, being a, a business who's kind of growing and just getting off the ground, there's new stuff happening with Night Street Soccer and Coffee all the time. But here's one of the main things they have going on right now. If you're interested in playing pickup soccer, whether you're just going to use it as kind of a way to stay in shape or you are actually an avid pickup soccer player, Night Street Soccer and Coffee is the place to do it because you can play unlimited pickup for $35 a month. And when I say unlimited pickup, there are, as you can see, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 p.m., Tuesday and Thursday at 12 p.m. Sometimes they even do late pickup at like 9 p.m. on random Tuesdays and Thursdays. So you got to follow them on social media at Night Street MPLS on Twitter and Instagram, but also head over to nightstreetmpls.com and check into this unlimited pickup membership because you can play then anytime, anywhere. If you just want to play one-off pickup, it's $5. You can see the times here. The lunch pickup is huge. So let's say you work downtown. Again, this is 801 Southeast Knight Street in Minneapolis. So if you work in the North Loop, if you work downtown, this isn't too far away. And you're looking for kind of a, maybe, maybe you have a longer lunch break. You can take a longer lunch break and you're looking to get some exercise, but maybe you don't want to work out. You don't want to go for a run. Night Street's the place to do it. Go play some pickup at noon on a Tuesday, shower up, get back to work. Boom. Your workout's done for the day. Your exercise is done. It's perfect. Nightstreetmpls.com, 801 South Ninth Street in Minneapolis is the place to be. They do Minnesota United watch parties too for away matches, um, which is, I've you know, if you've been, Ethan Brandt, good friend of 10K, Chief Good Vibes Officer here, has actually been to one of those watch parties. He was nothing but complimentary about the atmosphere there. They have a huge projector screen you can watch outside. It's awesome. And the next one's going to be for July 7th, which I believe is at Colorado. So um, a lot of uh, fun things to do, whether you play or you just like watching soccer over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee, nightstreetmpls.com. You can see it right there to, take, uh, to learn about everything going on with Night Street and take advantage of the many great things they have going on there. So let's get back into the 2-0 win. Um, got some more comments to get to. Dave Valensky says, do you think we should loan out Dane St. Clair? I would like for him to get more playing time in actual games. That is kind of the good conundrum that you have for Minnesota United from a goalkeeping standpoint right now is Tyler Miller's playing fantastic. So there's no reason to really pull Tyler Miller. You don't want to do that right now. You don't want to pull your hot hand. Um, Fred Emmings, obviously, um, if you talk to Adrian Heath or anybody who's been in, who's gone to see training, they say Fred Emmings is is no, a high quality goalkeeper of the future for Minnesota United. Um, so loaning St. Clair, I don't hate the idea. I just, I don't know. 
I don't know exactly maybe how, how you go about doing that. Um, cause I think you would pr- be reaching for a high level club. Um, and right now that's out of season, right? Um, you know, when you're talking about Europe, when you're talking about, um, you know, quality places where you might go. Yeah. Maybe Liga Mekis, maybe some other South American leagues you could lead them, loan them to. I don't think you want to loan a guy like Dane St. Clair. And honestly, I don't know if, if he would accept a loan to USL at this point, at this juncture, when he's shown the type of quality he can have. Sure. He wants to get minutes, but I don't know if he would accept a loan like that, uh, to, to the, to the, uh, you know, the, the lower tiers of the U S soccer system. So it's, it's an interesting question. Obviously you do want to see St. Clair get more playing time to continue his development and continue his ascension. Cause we don't know where his ceiling is obviously. Uh, and also, you don't really want to yank Tyler Miller at this point because a clean sheet tonight. He's been excellent between the posts for Minnesota United, and I believe this is his fourth start. And Minnesota United is unbeaten in all four of them. So it's it's um, yeah. I guess my best answer to your question, Dave, is I don't really know um, because it's interesting to see. I don't know what op- loan options are out there for Dane St. Clair right now, um, and um, what all that would entail. So. It is a good question, though, and something to think about. And it is kind of that goalkeeper uh, conundrum that Minnesota United faces. What to do with Dane St. Clair? Um, do you do you get work him in to just get some spot starts and get back on the pitch? I mean, I don't know. But um, definitely something to watch out for for Minnesota United. A storyline to follow what happens with this goalkeeper situation for sure. Um, so let's go into these game notes here. Um, Austin FC almost went out in front right away in the second minute, kind of chaos there in front of the goal, but the defense was kind of what we've been used to seeing from Minnesota United in years past. They were solid tonight. They cleared any dangerous chances away. Um, Tyler Miller, as we mentioned, was excellent in terms of, uh, shutting down a lot of Austin chances. Um, so very, very, uh, uh, good job from the defense tonight as well in the back line. Um, fourth minute, I do want to highlight this. So Cecilio Dominguez, uh, obviously not a uh, doesn't have too many fans when it comes to uh, fan bases of other MLS clubs because of his embellishments and and his his diving right. Uh, so in the fourth minute, very very nice to see Roman Metinair basically just pick his pocket clean, dispossess him so good that Dominguez couldn't even try to dive or try to sell anything, um, and that was in a really dangerous chance. Dominguez, for all of his faults i guess is one of the uh you know top attacking options you got to watch out for for austin and so metinair doing that was crucial um and then they almost capitalized on the other end did minnesota united reynoso's shot from outside the box goes just wide of the post so that's when you kind of thought that okay we're going now we're moving things are you know this is uh you know from from the dispossession in the defensive end to the quality shot at the uh at the attacking end like this is what you want to see from minnesota united and then seven minutes later, in the 11th minute, Franco Fragapane buries one from close range, off the feed from Metinair. Just beautiful play all the way around. Um, Fragapane, similar to like if you're a basketball reference, because I used to play basketball, but if you're like facing a zone defense in basketball, you find the open space. You find the sweet spot. You find the soft spot, right? That's what they call it. Find the soft spot. Uh, football, you're, you're facing a zone coverage in football. You find the soft spot in the zone if you're a receiver. That's exactly what Franco Fragapane did. Found the soft spot and made himself available for Metinair. And then, as we mentioned, the shot was beautiful. Upper, uh, you know, top shelf um, to put Minnesota United up front. Two goals and two matches for Franco Fragapane. 
Um, talking about the quality from Tyler Miller, though, 14th minute, Pochettino ends up one-on-one with Miller. But my favorite part of this and what was most impressive to me was Miller cut down the space right away. That was crucial because Pochettino is in and he's through and he's one-on-one. If Miller doesn't react the way he does to cut down that space, you're probably looking 1-1 in that situation. And the whole dynamic and energy of the match changes at that point. So Miller cutting down the space like that, put himself in a very, very good position to save that. And he did to keep the match scoreless. Um, and then I talked about Fragapane tracking back. That happened in the 31st minute. This was kind of, you know the part, have you ever seen the movie Friday Night Lights? When uh, when Booby Miles is out there uh, in, in practice and his dad's up there talking to all the scouts about him and stuff like that. Um, and he... Uh, <laughs> And all of a sudden, Booby Miles throws a touchdown pass, and he goes, and he can pass, right? That's exactly what I thought with Frego Fragapane there when he's cutting off and cutting down that attacking sequence from Austin FC, tracking back like that full sprint to cut off that pass that would have led to an A-plus goal-scoring opportunity for Austin. Kind of made me think of that part in Friday Night Lights where he can defend, too. Not only can he score goals, not only can he be a major player in assisting goals, but he can defend as well. Um, very well-rounded uh, first couple of matches for Franco Fragapane, as we've mentioned. Uh, 38th minute, Nico Hansen continues to put himself in quality goal-scoring position. Um, you know, aside from the really ugly goal a few matches ago, um, you know, he hasn't really uh, got, you know gotten another one yet, but he's putting himself in position. Uh, quality chance in the 38th minute, shot goes high and wide. 39th, Adrian Heath. This was kind of a weird, almost Carlo, Carlos Vela-like situation. Uh, where Adrian Heath looked to be bringing on Ja'Cory Hayes for Emmanuel Reynoso. Because if you recall, a few minutes before that, Reynoso was on the ground for quite a bit, being tended to by the trainer. Obviously, with a guy like Reynoso, you don't really want to take any chances. But there seemed to be a miscommunication on Reynoso's status, I guess, or like, you know, how, you know, that he was good to go. Uh, because Heath was looking to bring on Ja'Cory Hayes for Reynoso at that point in the 39th minute. And Reynoso contested it. He's like, I don't want to come out. I'm good. I'm, I don't need to come out. Don't, don't bring me out. And luckily, it was not a Carlos Vela situation because they were able to kind of handle that situation, get Reynoso back out, get Ja'Cory Hayes back to the bench before it was kind of too far gone at that point. Um, so that was good that they weren't, they didn't, you know, get stuck with the substitution there. Nothing against Ja'Cory Hayes, but if you have a 100% Emmanuel Reynoso, you do not want to be pulling him in the 39th minute. So um, glad that got taken care of before they couldn't take care of it anymore. Um, 52nd minute, Reynoso fires a shot just wide. 57th minute, a left-footed shot from Hansen get off a knockdown cross goes wide. So Minnesota United putting the pressure on continuously, and that is something we did not see in prior matches from this club. Whether it's a halftime lead or they go in tied at half, this team has not been great in the early portion of the second half, specifically when it comes to being dangerous in attack. They've been very conservative, very on the back foot, very on their heels in the early portions of the second half until they were forced not to be because the other team scored, right? It was not the case in this match. You're up 2-0 at half, so you do, you know, up 2-0, you might want to consider parking the bus, but I've always been of the opinion for this specific Minnesota United team because how good they are in the midfield and how good they are in attack, that their best defense in these situations is to keep the pressure on and keep the ball out of their own third and keep trying to score 
and keep trying to advance and attack. That is going to do wonders in terms of keeping the other team off the board because you have the back line and the goalkeeper to shut down counterattacking situations. If Minnesota United was not a great defensive team, then maybe you do consider parking the bus and putting more guys behind the ball. But Minnesota United, the defense has been the bread and butter of this team for years, right? Since 2019, for the last three seasons, this team has really led from the back. And so when you when you have that quality defense, you need to trust it and you need to rely on it. And you need to know that, okay, we're going to keep putting the pressure on. And if we get hit on a counter, we have the back line and the goalkeeping to keep, you know, keep the other team off the board and keep our lead. And I think they really put more trust in that tonight, it seemed, from Adrian Heath's standpoint, as they continued to put the pressure on in the early portions of the second half. Um, 59th minute, dueling posts. This was a weird situation. Fragapane hits the word, woodwork on one end, almost got his second uh, goal of the night. And then a deflection in the box just uh, uh, less than a minute later almost leads to an Austin goal on the other end. So uh, the, the post giveth and the post taketh away, I guess, in that particular situation for Minnesota United. Um, 65th minute, Dracore Hayes finally does come on for Adrian Unu. This switches the Loon's formation to a 4-3-3 when you're up 2-0 and there's uh, you know less than a half hour to go. Um, pretty good move there. Um, 71st minute, Fragapane again. Who else but Fragapane, right? Springs free with the ball behind the Austin defense. But just a last-ditch challenge, a last-ditch effort kind of foils that opportunity. Fragapane maybe could have done more to get the ball away quicker or to get that, you know, create more space between himself and the defender quicker to get, make it more of a one-on-one -on -one situation. But really good last-ditch defending there. I do not know exactly who that was who made that challenge by Austin. But, um, you know, keeping keeping things, keep, keep, keeping themselves in the game, basically, at that point is what they did. And then 75th minute, the triple sub. Uh, first was McMaster and Abila for Reynoso and Fragapane. Uh, and then uh, Roman Metnair kind of went down in that situation. Um, I don't necessarily think it was just a stalling tactic either. Uh, he went up for a header, and then he came down, and he looked kind of woozy, kind of wobbly. Tyler Miller noticed it right away and was calling for the sub. So um, he comes off, uh, and uh, Ozzy Alonso comes on. So, again, hopefully, I, you know, doing the – Live stream here. I'm not in the uh, obviously in the uh, the uh, post game media availability, right? I'm not in the post game press conference, so I don't know what has been said about Metnair's uh, status either way. But hopefully he is okay. Um, and then credit to Minnesota United. No, you know, no excitement from Austin's end over the last 15 minutes. They were able to kind of shut that down and walk away with the two nil win. Um, and just really exciting to get that win in front of the full house, get Wonderwall going. I mean, this is kind of, you feel the tide kind of turning. Five games unbeaten now. It seems like things are going this team's way. Now, five games unbeaten, a lot of those have been draws. So you do want to turn a few of those draws into wins. But as I mentioned, when you get Robin Lewd back, when you get Jan Gregish back, and both will be back soon because neither of their squads, unfortunately, are advancing uh, in the Euros past the group stage. Would have been nice to see that, but it is also kind of nice from the opposite end, from the flip side, to get them back, right? Because this team is going to be stacked now. And this is, like I said, this is a roster built to win MLS Cup. It just is. You can't look at this team top to bottom and the options they have and the depth pieces they have and that starting 11 and say this team is not built to win MLS Cup. It is. And so that also, again, though, puts the pressure then on Adrian Heath, right? Two to three players away. 
injuries, international duty. All those excuses, I mean, not, not that they're excuses, they're legitimate, but, but all of that sort of goes out the window when you get, when you have everybody. And this is a team, even if you do go through a couple of injuries, has the depth to be able to slot in and still compete at that same level, depending on, I guess, where those injuries are. But for the most part, this is a team built to withstand a couple of omissions too, right? Guys get hurt. Uh, guys need a couple matches off, you know, it's the, the depth in this team is huge and, uh, there's, there's going to be no excuses moving forward, right? The pressure then kind of flips and turns on Adrian Heath now to make the most of this roster, because we are going to be at full capacity at full, full roster when we get those international pieces back. Um, kind of a quick post loons right? Because I don't have a, uh, a co-host with me. So we're going to be wrapping up in a few minutes here. Uh, I do want to get more feedback though, uh, more questions, more comments um, on the match tonight, on the win. Send those in, whether you're watching on uh, Periscope Twitter or on YouTube. Um, no co-host means I need all the feedback and all the interaction I can get from you guys. So even if you're just commenting Wonderwall lyrics, please do it uh, because I would really like that. Dave Valensky says, or excuse me, let's go to Eli Hoff here. It says, does Lode come back to a start, starting spot? Um, that's a good question. Nico Hansen really hasn't uh, hasn't done anything to lose his starting spot. He's played excellent. Uh, and as we said, the the kind of the way he's gelled with Unu and Fragapane over these two matches has been excellent to see. I do think that spot, though, that right wing spot is, um, is Lode's to lose. Though, um, I do think that Robin Lode has just proven to be such a crucial piece to this team that I don't necessarily think he loses his spot. Um, that's, again, nothing against Nico Hansen, but it eludes the starter there. Uh, I think, though, that it does kind of make the leash a little bit shorter, though, right? Where if you're Robin Lude and you have a couple matches where maybe if you don't play bad, but you're just kind of, uh, you know, maybe a, a non-factor, then yeah, Adrian Heath has every, you know, nobody could really blame Adrian Heath for saying, okay, yep, we're going to, we're going to move to Nico because he has proven to be a, a you know, a, a solid piece there. So I do think that not only is it, is it great to have load back for the kind of the full, full squad, but I do think it makes that competition in training and kind of pushing everyone in training. It kind of takes that to a, to a new level. Cause if you're Robin load, you know that if you stumble just once, like Dane St. Clair stumbled just once Tyler Miller took over that starting spot. If you're Robin Lude and you stumble just once, make one mistake, Nico Hansen's right there, right? He's proven to be a solid, you know, over these last two matches to be worthy of a starting spot. So it is loads to lose, but that, that leash is not going to necessarily be long when he gets back. Uh, Dave Stevens says, yes, can't wait to see Lude on the right wing with Ray and Franco out left. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this squad being stacked, but when you look at this attacking third with uh, Fragapane on the left, Unu up top, uh, Lude on the right, and Reynoso behind everybody. Like, that is just... I get goosebumps just kind of thinking about that because that is, I mean, that's that that's that's full loon right there. Talk about full Mingo with Ford Madison. That's full loon for, for Minnesota United having all those four up front. So that is going to be uh, fun. Fun to see all those guys back and all those guys playing together. Um, any more questions, comments, please, please leave those in the chat. 
Um, so we can get to them before we get out of here. Going to be about probably four or five more minutes uh, on post loons tonight. Again, a shorter edition because I am rolling solo, but we will go as long as the questions and comments keep rolling in. So I say a few more minutes, but as long as you guys keep, keep dropping interaction, I will respond. Um, I do want to mention that um, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, 10 o'clock central kickoff against Portland. So get that afternoon coffee rolling on Saturday because it is going to be a late one. We will be here for post loons afterwards. Um, I do hope I'm not doing it solo again, but with the late start, there might not be anybody who wants to do a post loons at 1230 and I couldn't blame them. So I may be solo once again for that one, but it is going to be a late one in Portland. Evidently, there is a heat advisory in Portland. So Minnesota is not the only place where we're seeing uh, hotter than normal temperatures. So they move the start time from 930 to 10 o'clock. I don't know what difference a half hour makes at that point, but uh, you know, that's the reason for the later kickoff. Maybe they couldn't go any later than 10. That's probably it. But yeah, so just a note, if you haven't seen it, 10 p.m. Central time is the kickoff for Minnesota and Portland on Saturday. So um, set your nap schedule accordingly on Saturday. I'm going to need I'm going to need a nap and I'm going to need coffee. I'm going to need the whole thing uh, to get ready for that one. Um, but um, speaking of uh, what's coming up in uh, in the future uh, for Minnesota United, kind of upcoming matches here. So we have Portland on Saturday. No midweek match next week. I get to go on a vacation for a little bit. I'm very excited about that. Uh, but then you're back uh, July 3rd against San Jose, back at Allianz Field. So welcoming uh, hometown boy Jackson Yule to Allianz in front of the full capacity crowded Allianz. Uh, that will be fun there. Um, so again, that's uh, July 3rd, 7 p.m. kickoff for that one. So those are the next two matches. No midweek match next week, Saturday, Saturday. Uh, do you want to give a shout out to forward Madison? I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Mingos unveiled a reversible Flamingo kit. Like their alternate kit is reversible. And in the match, in their match against Greenville tonight, they wore one of the sides in the first half. And in the second half, they flipped it over and wore the other side in the second half. I didn't even, I did not know you could do this. I didn't know this was even legal. Now the forward Madison social media team responded to me and said, we got special permission. I don't know if they're joking or not, because you never really know with forward Madison social media team. Um, so maybe they did have to get special permission for this, or maybe it's just not illegal. Uh, but um that was pretty cool to see. 2-2 draw for them against Greenville, who's actually one of the better teams in the league. So a good result for them. But even better than that, that alternate kit is awesome. So go check that out if you haven't for Forward Madison. Um, again, questions, comments, leave a thumbs up. If you are watching on YouTube, that is huge. That lets uh, lets YouTube know that you sort of approve of our content and uh, you know kind of shows us to more people. Uh, Dave Stevens says, how about Gasper look better with Franco ahead? Still miss final third chances. Stick to defensive, uh, stick to defense, question mark. I think um, having a quality left winger ahead of Gasper is going to be huge for his quality of play. Uh, because if you look at kind of where he was in the early part of the season, the two, I wouldn't even say question marks because Juka Raitala was, was, was great. Uh, but he had a left center back next to him who he was not very familiar with being with. And then he had a left wing position up ahead where either Hassani Dotson was playing eh, or, uh, 
Robin Lode was on the left a few times, and we Robin Lode has talked about how when he's on the left, he doesn't really mesh well with the left back because he is a left-footed player. Uh, so, yeah, I think having a quality left winger like Fragapane ahead of Gasper is going to be huge for him. Um, and I do think he could afford to stick to, de- to stick to you know staying in the defensive third, not getting too involved in attack with a guy like Fragapane, who's shown that he can be that quality defender. But at the same time, Chase Gasper just when looking at the whole sample size has been actually a quality attacking piece from the back from Minnesota United. He sends in good crosses, usually makes good decisions in the attacking third, solid passer in the attacking third. So I'm not going to sit here and say just because we have Franco Fragapane ahead of him, that, that Gasper needs to stick to defense. I do think that is not necessarily a bad idea, but I'm going to look at the full sample size when it comes to Gasper and say, this is a guy who can provide quality in the attacking third. So I'm going to trust that when he's, He's kind of moving forward in attack that he's doing so smartly. And, uh, you know, we have the we have the defense overall to to kind of make up for that if we do get hit on a counter in that uh, in that particular situation. Right. So um, good question, though, from Dave. Any more questions or comments? We'll go for about one more minute here. Um, thank you so much for tuning into Post Loons. Kind of do some housekeeping items here. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up. Um, also, if you want to be notified whenever 10,000 pitches drops a new YouTube video, you just tap that bell for notifications. Um, and uh, we got a new episode of 10,000 pitches coming on Friday. If you are a fan of Forward Madison, go ahead and check out our new Forward Madison centric podcast called uh, Talk and Flock that drops every Monday. That's with myself and Rob Chapel from Madison 365. Uh, if you might be wondering how many podcasts do I do, too many, uh, but uh, it's fun. I enjoy it and I enjoy the interaction. Um, and, uh, if there are no more questions or comments before we get out of here, I think that'll do it for post loons this week. Follow us on Twitter at 10 K pitches, Instagram as well at 10 K pitches for all the latest content from the 10,000 pitches team. Again, we are doing these post loons live streams come hell or high water after every Minnesota United match this season. So, um, you know, be sure to tune in, tell your friends, share it. If you're watching on Twitter too, hit that, hit that share button, hit that retweet button. Uh, we very much appreciate you watching. Uh, we had a pretty consistent viewership tonight, despite it being solo me. I think the win had a lot to do with that. It's always nice to hear Wonderwall, especially in front of 19,000. Um, we'll be back Saturday night, late one. Like I said, 10 p.m. kickoff against Portland. Um, and uh, that is going to be uh, an interesting kind of measuring stick for Minnesota United, right? Getting points against Dallas and Austin is one thing. Going to Portland and doing it at 10 o'clock central time is a whole nother deal. So that'll be interesting to me to interesting for me to see. We'll be live with another post loons after that. Going to get to one last uh, question here from Dave Walensky. Who would you like to see in the gold cup? Gasper Dotson. Um, as from a Minnesota United, from a U.S. men's national team standpoint, I like what Hassani Dotson brings. That's nothing against Chase Gasper. But if you look at the depth chart, Chase Gasper is like fifth string left back for the U.S. men's national team. Where I think Hassani Dotson with his flexibility and his kind of Swiss Army knife style can be actually a huge asset. We saw him, the impact he can make with the U23 team, right? So um, I, I don't know if I say I would expect Dotson to get called up for the Gold Cup. But if you're asking me which one would I rather see and which one has the better chance to get called up, I do think uh, both uh, Dotson is the answer to both of those questions. Uh, Mr. Jeldy says, does Dotson, does Dotson still not have a position? Um, he played his number six position tonight, and I think he played it really well. Um, Dotson, 
the thing with Dotson is he is capable of making such impact, right? In the game from an attacking standpoint, right? Bangers only. That's a reason. There's a reason why that's a thing, but the places where he's best fit on the pitch aren't exactly high impact attacking positions, right? The six right back, you know, he, I, I, you could argue he's, he's actually uh, more of an attacking threat at right back than he is at the six. Right. So, does Dotson have a position? Not really. Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. I think it's great having that guy you can kind of slot in wherever you need him. Do I think he should play left wing again? Absolutely not. Uh, I think six, eight, right back, maybe even right wing in some cases. I wouldn't mind seeing him there. Uh, but I think we get kind of caught up with, you know, we don't see Dotson on the ball. We don't see him setting crosses and we don't see him scoring goals or getting in school scoring positions. So he must not be a, a factor in the match, right? Uh, I don't necessarily think that's the case, though. I mean, Ozzy Alonso is one of the most important players in the history of Minnesota United. He's not scoring goals. I mean, he scored, scored the first goal at Allianz Field. So I kind of do stand corrected to myself there. But he... You know the six. It's not a. It's not a sexy position, right? It's not a position where you're going to have people pointing you out and saying, "Oh, yep, that was great. Oh, yeah, that was awesome." You know, oh man, look at this exciting highlight, right? No, you're not getting too many highlights from the six, but you're still making an impact in the game. You're sniffing out offensive chances. You're getting back, playing in between the center backs uh, and the back line. You're kind of making those decisions. Central defensive midfield is a tough position to play because you're having to take so many things into consideration at once. Do I go forward? Do I drop back? Do I, uh, you know, there's an attack coming. Do I go and try to snuff this out uh, before I get started? Or do I drop back and uh, try to, you know, put up a brick wall, right? There are so many different things to consider when you're playing the six. So Hassani Dotson's decision-making and his ability to make those decisions make him a really uh, good good option there um there's a reason why he was considered the heir apparent to ozzy alonzo at the six he's become such a swiss army knife though and so good at so many other positions that that really hasn't come into fruition doesn't mean he's not a quality player it means actually it means the opposite of that it means he's so good at so many different positions that that's kind of what adrian heath and co have decided to kind of take that uh take that and run with it and so that goes back to the the conversation that we were having and arguments we were having on mnufc twitter all preseason long is does Dotson start? Does he not start? Where is he best suited? Where does he best fit? All that's because he is such a uh, uh, versatile player that kind of it, it breeds those conversations, right? Um, so great question there, Mr. Jeldy. One last one from Dave Stevens here. Great point to end on with regards to traveling to PDX. I was thinking the same thing. Late one on a Saturday, 10 p.m. kickoff on the road against the quality side. We're going to kind of see what this Minnesota United team's made of. I don't think we need to pull the fire alarm if they will lose 3-0, but if they come away with the results and they play well, I think you have more reason to be excited if you're a Minnesota United fan. And that will be the point we end on tonight for Post Loons. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether it was on Twitter, whether it was on YouTube. Uh, really appreciate you sticking with me solo. Appreciate all the interaction. If you're still watching on YouTube, give us that thumbs up before you go, and we will catch you Saturday night, late one, for another edition of Post Loons. Till then, have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.